Hello and welcome to today's episode of People First Made Sad podcast. Today we are interviewing Paul McCann who works with People First around hate crime and training and presents how prevention. How are you Paul? I'm very well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me to uh, take part in the podcast. You're very welcome. So can you tell us a bit about your job? Yeah, uh, I work for uh, Sefton Council's uh, Community Safety and Engagement Team, uh, based in Bilton Town Hall, but mostly working from home at the moment. Um, what my role is, is I uh, administer the Sefton Hate Crime JAG, which is the Joint Agency Group. Uh, which is a group of uh, different agencies from across Sefton who come together to uh, look at serious cases of hate crime, try and provide solutions to the victims and also take uh, a strategic look at uh, how we respond to hate crime in, in, in terms of raising awareness and training and things like that. So how do people get involved with that? With the hate crime uh, joint agency group, it's open to any agency within Sefton uh, to actually take part. They just have to sign uh, what's called a confidentiality agreement which ensures that whatever they hear or whatever they see uh, that the group deals with that, that they keep that confidential. So People First Merseyside are members of that group. Um, so they don't always attend. They attend you know, as and when uh, they're able to but uh, they're able to attend that group and, and listen to the details of the cases that are brought forward. Make referrals themselves if they're concerned about anyone. Uh, and also provide any support if they're able to to, to uh, deal with some of the cases that have been brought before the group. So how did you get involved in this kind of work? Uh, well, I've worked for the council for quite a long time. Uh, I first started working for the council in 1987, uh, but then actually went backwards and forwards to a couple of other uh, different organisations. But I've been back working within Sefton uh, for nearly 20 years. Uh, always within uh, community services but with different roles within that Uh, but for probably about the last 10 years uh, I've worked for the communities and neighbourhoods teams uh, around uh, hate crime inequalities and and liaison with different uh, community groups such as People First Merseyside. So what made you what what did did um made you want to go and hate crime training? Uh, well, the, the hate crime training was something that uh, came out of the group meetings. Uh, what they actually, re- what the members of the group recognised was that there was a need to have uh, regular training uh, that we could offer out to not just council uh, officers, uh, but also people in work, working in all the other different agencies or volunteers. Um, and that although that was happening, it wasn't happening all that often. So wanted, what we wanted to do was run regular sessions to try and reach out to as many people as possible and raise awareness of hate crime and the need to report. Uh, what we also recognised was that there was a need to actually go out and speak to uh, members of the community themselves to make sure that they were aware of the need to report hate crimes, to make sure that they were aware of what a hate crime was. Uh, so that they could recognise it if it happened to them, they could recognise it if it happened to somebody they knew, uh, and that they were aware of the different ways that you can report a hate crime. Uh, so it, it's through involvement in the hate crime group that I've started uh, 
that have got involved with the training, working with other groups like, uh, people, like People First Merseyside because they were involved in developing the very first training sessions that we ran uh, and also Merseyside Police. So how did you get involved with People First Merseyside? Uh, well they were one of the found people first Merseyside were one of the founder members of the uh, of the group the hate crime group when we started it again about ten years ago um, so they were involved right at the start really in, in sort of identifying the need for the training uh, and then taking part in delivering that training so Phil Q from people first has been uh, part of the training team for quite a while uh, and he was even nominated for uh, a Mayor's Award for his, uh, for his involvement in it as well. So I've been involved with uh, People First for, I mean, probably longer than that, but sort of definitely for uh, for the last 10 years. And I think what's good about Phil is relatable. It makes people feel he's at all under the police. He doesn't judge anyone. He's very open-minded, and that's what's good. Like, he doesn't judge the situation but like if I have a problem I would say would you count it as a crime yeah. and just getting advice is really good because I having a learned disability and having different backgrounds is good in some way because you understand more what goes on and people do hate crime is you gay, so I'm bisexual, um, is you a different race, people report that, so why can't people report learning disability, like neurological stuff, why do you have to be like nasty to people like us, I think it's important that people like us stand together and we all communicate with each other because we are the same as everyone else, we are human beings and that's what we say, just treat us like human beings. Yes, our brains are wired differently, but that's all that's actually different when you put it in figures. I think as well, people should, should realise that People with learning disabilities can also commit a crime themselves because you don't, because you have a learning disability, just be nice to people and just share love and no hate. Well, um, disability is one of the five hate crime strands that the, uh, the police record offences against. So there are five hate crime strands there's race, religion, sexual orientation, disability and transgender status. So disability is one of those five and it's just as important as the others. Uh, so it really is important that people with disabilities, whether they're physical disabilities or learning disabilities, don't feel like um, the police or, or the other agencies won't treat their cases as seriously as the others. They'll, they'll treat them with just as much priority as anybody else. And I think that's important and like especially having a learning disability and everything. If you break or trust or anything like that and you don't listen, it's harder to learn that trust again. And then the figures come out, oh, this person done this, because majority of people with a learning disability, autism 
and the disability themselves have mental health on top of that. So it, it ends up being a bigger ball than what it actually is. And I think even if you just talk to your friend or talk to anyone you trust, that's the first step. One of the things that we try to do with the training and the sessions that we run uh, is involve people who've been victims of hate crime uh, so that they can actually tell their own stories. So, because I mean, if I went and just talked about all the facts and figures and talk, gave out the telephone numbers and the email addresses, um, it's, it doesn't have as much impact as somebody actually talking about what's happened to them. Uh, and I think also, as members of uh, groups like People First, you know then that your voice is being listened to and taken into account because you're actually involved in the delivery of the training or the, uh, the sessions that we run. So I think that's important as well. Like, I didn't even know about Kukwun till I started looking into more high ground. And I thought, oh, we had friends. So it was Kukwun and it was me, Graham, it was a lot of them. But it ended up coming to me, Graham, because when I got out of that, I realised the only reason why they thought they could get away with it is because I had a learning disability and because I was mentally unable to speak for myself. I deteriorated, so I dropped. And I think um, what happened over time is it made me actually trust the police more because People was like, no, this shouldn't have happened. No. You're not not mad, this is not on, you're a human being. And slowly I learned trust back with them because I learned that they're treating me like human being. And then people who were saying, you're a grass, you're a lad. They wasn't treating me like a human being, they were treating me like I was not on, like I was scum in the ship. So, um, yeah, a lot of them, to explain that, some of them walked in my room while I was in my knacks. They put a hammer in the wall and put tea bags in it. They were selling drugs from my flat. They was having intercourse constantly so I couldn't even go in some part of my flat that I paid for and that I had. They was also putting flour everywhere, egg in the bath, and I'll come home and my flat will be tipped upside down because I wouldn't have the money because I was paying the gas, the electricity, the, the rent, everything. And it ended up coming where I was nearly to death because of this, and if I didn't speak to the police or come to people saying, I wouldn't reckon I'll be alive to tell this story because I ended up looking at a mattress there and the mattress one side was fine, but the other side was filled with blood and that's because I was trying to take my own life. And you know my friend till I trusted tried to step in even that wasn't enough. And I tried to ring the police and it put the fire brigade. The police keep on coming out because I was ringing them 
Mammy, Mom said no, she needs to go back home. She's not coping in this. So all the time they would send me home and be like, no, she needs to go home. So and they would safeguard it. Even something like that that you think actually no one is listening. They was listening, they was going, something's not right here. We need to sort out. So I thought that was really good and that's a part of my story of um hate crime and abuse. It's really good that you, you felt that you were supported in, in being able to deal with that and making that stop. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, there are people out there who will look uh, for people that they can target. Um, I mean, cuckooing is, is, is a big issue, I think. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways that people take advantage of other people. And it can be really hard to spot, especially at first, because sometimes they're very friendly. Uh, they'll befriend people, they'll be somebody's best friend for a while, but then gradually start uh, taking advantage of that relationship. Uh, and then it turns into something you know, uh, that, that would cause a lot of concern. So it is important that if people are worried about things like that, if it's happening to them, that they actually get in touch and report. But also, if, if, some, if you're concerned about somebody that you know, uh, that you can see what's happening to them, and you think, well, that, that, that really doesn't seem right, that you actually contact somebody and, and talk to them about it. So can you explain, Kukulun, please? Well, my understanding of it is it's a term used to mean uh, that somebody would take advantage of somebody else's property. Uh, so you were saying that you had your own flat and you paid all the bills for that, you know, the heating and the uh, electric and things like that, but somebody would come along and they would treat that as their property, whether it was they spend a lot of time there or they would use it perhaps to store things, perhaps stolen goods or drugs or something like that. Um, so it, it's the I think they use the term because it's the cuckoo in the nest, isn't it? Um, but it, it is uh, something that we recognise that you know is happening uh, in the area and that uh, is a great concern and should be reported if anyone's got any concerns at all. So, so I think that's a really good example because that's why I got explained to me, and I think. No matter what, like I said before, we're all human beings and we've all had stuff in the past. So, whether it's good or bad, even ju my other face, just talking, just saying, I have this problem and getting support off you, mate, is really good because there is good people out there, there is bad people out there, but hopefully there's more good. Well, yeah, I mean, um, just to reinforce the uh, the need to report things, really, to report uh, anything that's actually happening to your members, but also that they look out for each other and, and, uh, and report things that they uh, they see happening to their uh, fellow uh, group members. Um, it's not just a victim who can actually report uh, a hate crime or a hate incident. Anybody can report it uh, if, they, if they're concerned about what's happening to somebody. Uh, either by contacting the police or the council or one of the other third party uh, reporting centres. Um, there's a list of those on the on the council's website and also people first could uh, actually put people in touch with who we need to speak to uh, in terms of reporting hate crime. And also we have an advocacy worker called Daniel so we could help people report hate crime. If you feel a little bit scared, if you want help, that's why I said like person you trust. They, you can say I want to report and they can help you.
I think as well, we will probably put links in the bottom of this podcast. Mm. So, if you're younger, if you feel afraid of just click on it, and if you want to report on anything, because I think it is very important myself that people report so there's more good than bad people. Anyway, so what do you do with it once you get the evidence? Uh, well, I don't directly deal with the uh, the hate crime reports. They would be dealt with by the police. So if they, if they receive uh, a report of hate crime, then they would obviously investigate that as they would with any other report. Uh, they try to uh, gather evidence uh, as much as possible. So it's important that if anyone is subject to anything, that they actually uh, make a note of it. If they've got any evidence on their phones or anything like that, they know who uh, is actually carrying out the incidents to make a note of that because uh, the police will gather as much evidence as they can. They'll interview the people involved, whether that's the victim uh, and any perpetrator, if they've been identified. And then they'll pass that information uh, to an organisation called the Crown Prosecution Service who will decide, decide whether or not to take that case to court. Uh, and then the support provided for people if it is taken to court uh, under the uh, victim support scheme in Merseyside. Um, the other thing I think to mention as well is if people still feel a little bit unsure about contacting the police, uh, there is a, an independent organisation called Stop Hate UK, uh, which people can contact. You can contact them by telephone, by text or by email. Uh, and they're a, an independent charity who uh, can provide people with advice and support uh, around hate crime. And if you want to take that further into making a report uh, to the police, Stop Hate UK can help people with that as well. So uh, there is a lot of support out there in terms of reporting and taking people through that process that follows after reporting. Uh, but it's just a case of encouraging people to come forward, really. So we both work on behalf of you. Uh, well, uh, we work very closely with uh, Merseyside Police uh, and the hate crime coordinator based in Marsh Lane Police Station, who's Kate Gore. Um, we also have um, uh, regular contact with the other members of the hate crime group, so big organisations like One Vision Housing, uh, support groups like Venus, uh, like Sefton Advocacy. Uh, so there's quite a lot of groups who take uh, organisations who take part in the hate crime group. Uh, and it's a good opportunity for them to network with each other and share information uh, about hate crime, different things that are happening within the borough and things that we might have to address uh, through the training or through activities like letter drops. Uh, quite often uh, we organise uh, letter drops in certain areas where we'll put leaflets around people's doors just encouraging them to report if we know there's been an issue in the area. Um, so I mean, Kate's one of the main contacts and she's also um, involved with People First Merseyside as well. She's attended a number of uh, meetings and, and different groups. So how many years have Kate been there? Oh, no. uh, well, Kate, uh, her role as hate crime coordinator, I mean, some of your members might remember uh, Jerry McConaughey, uh, who used to do that, do that role before, um, before she retired. So Kate has taken over that role. Uh, although it's a civilian role now. Jerry used to be a, a police officer. Uh, Kate isn't a police officer, but she does the same victim support and uh, activities as, uh, as Jerry used to do. And I think Kate, I've met Kate, and she is a lovely woman. I've met Paul a few times, and they're both lovely people. And they take our 
stuff seriously and even having someone like that who's linked more um, is really good because it helps us rapport. So yeah, people people first met has a close relationship with Kate and Paul who we can have their contact to get in contact with them, asked advice, asked it to hate crime and how we report it. So and a lot of the that's around Sefton. So a lot of different places would have different ones, but even they might know who's in charge of other areas as well. So I reckon even it's just speaking to someone, they go to an organisation, they might speak and ask advice. I think it is very important. Yeah, I mean, the more contacts that we make with groups like People First, the more uh, people are, people get to know who's going to be dealing with things if they do make a report. They, they start becoming more aware of the process of what happens after they make a report. And I think it may, although being a victim of hate crime would be a very stressful thing, the fact that you know some of the people who are going to be involved and you've already spoken to them makes the process of, of reporting and what comes after a, a bit more comfortable, I think. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else that you would like to tell us? Uh, I think just going back to that message around reporting, about encouraging people to uh, to report anything that they're concerned about, anything that happens to them, whether they report it to the police or a, a, a trusted third party organisation like People First Merseyside. Um, it's important to speak to somebody. Um, whether it, it could be a social worker, it could even be somebody you speak to at the council's one-stop uh, shop or a, a library, but it's important to speak to somebody, talk about what's happening and then hopefully uh, take it further and, and try and get it stopped. Even with college, so especially I'm in Hubert and involved with that, even the colleges and in the pod, um, at Hubert College and there's other places around that is a person with a safe and wellbeing officer. So whether you know that person, like our one called Janine, and they can help you report stuff. So there is places like that as well, even like, and that's private, totally confidential, and they won't tell anyone. And I think there should be more places like that where people can talk. So, thank you for listening to our podcast at People First Made Sad. Bye!